Welcome to the podcast for Gateway Baptist Church. You're listening to a message from our Mackenzie campus. Find us at gatewaybaptist.com.au if you'd like to connect with us as we seek to change lives by following Jesus in our community, our nation and our world. Good morning, Gateway. It's great to be here in church together with you this morning. You know, Gandhi has been known to say of the Christian faith, if it weren't for Christians, I'd be a Christian. He's also been quoted as saying, I like your Christ, but not your Christians. Now, I'm not sure what kind of response that invokes in you this morning. Maybe secretly like me, you're thinking, He hasn't actually met me yet. I would have changed his opinion. Or maybe, like me, you're a little bit devastated by that statement. You see, while Gandhi was a practicing Hindu, Christianity really intrigued him. In his reading of the Gospels, Gandhi was impressed by Jesus And he wanted to know more about this Jesus that Christians followed. So one Sunday morning, Gandhi decides to go to a Christian church in his city of Calcutta. But when he arrived at the church, he was stopped at the door by the ushers. And there he was told that he was not welcomed and nor would he ever be permitted to come to this church because he was neither a high-caste Indian or white. And because of that rejection, Gandhi went on to reject Christianity and make the statement that if it weren't for Christians, I'd be a Christian. And while Gandhi was living in a, a period of segregation, we can easily be fooled into thinking that this wouldn't happen to us. We become complacent because it was a different time and a different era. And yet in a nation where only 8% of people are in church on any given Sunday, where loneliness is epidemic, where society is more fractured and more disconnected than ever before, And we actually have this new category of people who aren't unchurched, but they're de-churched, which means they've been to church, they've been burned by the church, and they haven't come back to the church. We have to take notice. People, this has got to affect us, devastate us even. Are we truly reflecting the Christian community that God calls us to? And there's no better example of Christian community to answer that question than the first church that we read about in Acts chapter 2. This community was so unique, it was so powerful, and it was so pure. There's so much that we can learn from their devoted worship and their lifestyle. See, as they accepted the gospel that was preached to them by Peter, for the first time in history, 
They were filled with the power of the Holy Spirit on the day of Pentecost and it began to transform their lives and in turn that transformed their community. We read about it in Acts 2. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Every day, every day, they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favour of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. See, the Holy Spirit lit a spark that became a fire in the hearts of ordinary men and women. And it resulted in the birth of the church that we read about here in Acts. It was a community that nobody had ever seen before because it was a community shaped by the heart of God, filled with the power of the Holy Spirit to transform their lives. See, the early believers had discovered a better story. It's a story that's contrary to the narrative of our world today, don't you think? I can't help but wonder if, if Gandhi had encountered this kind of community. Would his response have been different? I believe this story still has the power to radically transform our community if we allow it to. I don't know about you, but whenever I read this story, there's something in me that's stirred up. There's something in me that's filled with incredible joy that I'm a part of a community just like this. I love the local church. I love being part of the Gateway family. But this story also fills me with a longing for more, a longing to go deeper, to go wider, to see others discover this incredible community that we're a part of and have their lives transformed by the power of the Holy Spirit and have hope that we have in him. And as I read this story of the early church, there's three things that stand out to me that I love about this community, this community that's been radically transformed by the power of the Holy Spirit, and three things which I believe will continue to transform not only our lives and our community, but it has the power and the potential, if we let it, to transform the lives of people in our wider community today. This is a community that was committed to grow together, to care for one another, and to share generously with those in need. Firstly, a healthy church community grows together. The early believers, it says, devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer because they wanted to grow together in God. 
See, one of the results of the Holy Spirit at work in the hearts and minds of ordinary believers is that there's a hunger and a desire to be together, to pray together, to grow in the word together, and together see God do miraculous things in each other's lives. The Spirit in us stirs a hunger and a desire to grow and to help one another grow, to point one another to the truths of God's word, to encourage one another and to pray with one another. Is there a hunger and a desire in your heart to be growing together, meeting together, praying together? Are you turning up to be with God's people every Sunday, whether it's in campus or online, because you want to bless other people? Are you growing in your understanding of God's word and his teaching because you've devoted yourself to being the part of a community of believers? If there's one thing that COVID has taught us, It's that social distancing, that term that we've all come to hate, is painful and it's detrimental. We know that in this season, physical distancing is important to keep us safe physically. But social distancing, social isolation from people, It's not good for our mental or our emotional or our spiritual well-being. And it's a reminder of how important it is to never be isolated from each other, to actually be together, to spur one another on, to keep growing in God. You know, the power of community has never been more obvious than it has been in the last 18 months. And yet studies tell us that we're living in a culture and a time that's becoming more and more isolated. That loneliness is epidemic, only made worse by a COVID pandemic. An Australian study uh, by the Public Health and Research Practice in June 2020 states that even before the COVID pandemic, One in four Australians, that's one in four of you sitting in this room here today, or one in four of you online, that's experienced problematic levels of loneliness. And they're struggling to find solutions to this problem. It says researchers in the field of loneliness and social isolation have highlighted that there remain significant gaps in knowledge about what works to address these issues. But this secular study goes on to say that it appears that the only strategies that have demonstrated effectiveness are those that facilitate engagement in meaningful satisfying group activities and psychological interventions to address the maladaptive cognitions associated with loneliness. I don't know about you, but that kind of sounds like the church to me. It's a picture of the church. We hold the key to overcoming the loneliness narrative. We have such an opportunity to invite people into a life-transforming community. It's 
easy to forget how powerful this community is. And we've been a part of the church for so long. We can easily take for granted and forget that others who haven't experienced what we have don't know this life-transforming community. But your story about what God is doing in your life at this time, some of these stories we've already heard in the baptistry this morning, these stories are powerful testimonies for you, but they're also powerful testimonies to share with others. There's power in your testimony and there's power in your invitation. Your story can help someone else discover a powerful community of acceptance and love. And your story can help someone else to grow. Sometimes it's simply a matter of pointing people to scripture, maybe sharing a word with them, maybe a prophetic word or just a word of encouragement. But whether you're able to come together physically or connect with us online, being in fellowship with one another, engaging in meaningful, satisfying group activities, growing together in God's word and praying together is so important. It's a sign that the Holy Spirit is at work in a healthy, growing, connected community that helps to address the issues of isolation and loneliness. We've got an awesome opportunity coming up to do just that, to gather together with God's people to pray from all over our state for 21 days starting tomorrow We're going to be praying and crying out for revival in this nation like we see in the Acts chapter 2 church. A radical outpouring of the transformational power of the Holy Spirit in our nation. Can I hear an amen? I want to encourage you to be a part of this season of prayer. And there's some awesome devotions that Queensland Baptists have put together for us that you can use to journey with you through this time of prayer from wherever you are. And you can find them on the YouVersion Bible app called 21 Days of Prayer for Revival. I encourage you to get onto that, download it and be praying with us. And we also have the awesome opportunity this Tuesday night to come together here in person at our Mackenzie campus at 7pm to pray with people from all over our region that we would see revival come to this region and to this nation. I really encourage you to come along. If you're part of our 6pm prayer meeting You get to eat dinner before you come this time and come at seven o'clock and be praying together with the body of Christ. Together. Let's pray for an outpouring of the Holy Spirit in this nation like we see here in this church. And we can keep spurring one another on to keep growing in God as we pray together. Hebrews 10 Great verse, let us not give up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. 
Secondly, the Holy Spirit at work in the hearts and minds of ordinary men and women meant that there was a deep desire to care for one another. A healthy church community cares for one another. The early believers met together to look after one another, to love one another, to care for one another's needs in a time where their faith was actually making them outcasts. And they formed together into this new community to actually fulfill what Jesus said would happen in John 13, 34, when he says that they would love one another as Christ loved us. We live in this secular culture that's becoming more and more individualistic. It's all about me. It's all about what I can get for myself and what others can do for me. But the biblical story is completely the opposite. When the Holy Spirit is at work, we have an outward focus. What can I do to look out for others? What can I do to care for others, to bless others? I believe Paul's instructions, his word to the church in Philippi, is a word for us today as well. It's a word that will encourage us to turn from being self-focused to others-focused. So Gateway, here is a word from my heart to yours through the words of Paul. If you have any encouragement, church, from being united with Christ, If any comfort from his love, if any common sharing in the spirit, if any tenderness and compassion, then make my joy complete by being like-minded, having the same love, being one in spirit and of one mind. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, rather in humility. Value others above yourselves. Turn and look to the person either side of you. Value them above yourself. Not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of others. You see, from the time the church in Philippi was established, it was a strong, healthy, generous church. They gave generously to support Paul's ministry. They gave generously to support the church in Jerusalem. And they even uh, sent people to minister to Paul when he was imprisoned. But in a time of difficulty and persecution, there was some disunity starting to creep into their community. And Paul's encouraging them not to let the external pressures that are going on in the wider community impact the unity in the church. He points them to Jesus, who in his humility put others' needs before his own. You know, Gateway, this is a church just like us, where good things are happening We're a strong, healthy, generous church. Gateway, we're doing some great things to meet the needs of the poor, to care for the sick, 
to minister to the brokenhearted and to love and support one another. But our challenge is the same. Let's not allow the difficulties and the challenges and even the persecution that's coming at us from the wider community allow disunity to creep into this community of Christ, the church. As Paul says, let us have the same attitude as Christ did. Jesus who took on the very nature of a servant. He put others' needs before his own. Even knowing what was coming before him in his darkest hours leading to the cross, he put others' needs before his own. He stripped off his outer garments. He got down on his knees and he washed the feet of his disciples. It's a humbling, humbling picture. Jesus putting others' needs before his own. I've had the absolute privilege of washing some women's feet in the Middle East, perhaps who have walked on the same roads as Jesus and his disciples. And they were dusty and they were dirty and they did need washing. There's something very humbling about washing the feet of someone else. But I can tell you right now, I will never volunteer to wash Jason's feet. I'm just saying. Because <laughs> they're disgusting and you'll know God has done a miraculous work of humility in me if I ever tell you I've washed Jason's feet. But Jesus' greatest act of servanthood we know was when he humbled himself and became obedient to death on the cross for all of our sins. Mark 10, 45 says, For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. And because he humbled himself, God raised him up to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every other name, that at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Amen? Amen. To the glory of him. You see, when our lives are transformed and shaped by the power of the Holy Spirit, our hearts are transformed. And it gives us the ability to put the needs of others before our own, just like Christ did. To humble ourselves and become servant-hearted, looking out for others and considering others better than ourselves. Humble yourself, therefore, under God's mighty hand, that he may lift you up in due time. So when the Holy Spirit is at work on the inside, it ref it's reflected on the outside to others. Jesus says, by this, everyone, everyone will know that you are my disciples. How? By the way that you love one another, a different community. What are you doing to love and care for one another, to put others' needs above your own, to be a community that's growing to be more like Jesus and reflecting his love 
to all of those around you. Bob Goff says it like this. I love a bit of Bob. Love God, love people, and do stuff. Simple, right? If you don't know where to start, just do stuff. Volunteer, make a meal, make a phone call, encourage someone, a random act of kindness. Sometimes it's the simplest things that can make the biggest difference. I can't tell you how often I get simple text messages from people telling me they're thinking of me, praying for me, a scripture, a word of encouragement. It's always good for my spirit. Just do something. Got to start somewhere. Everybody say, just do stuff. Oh, come on, you can do better than that. If you're online, say it out loud, just do stuff. Just do stuff. We've got to find our place within the community to love and care for one another. I love being part of our Thursday Thrive Uh, Thursday morning Thrive Gatherings. It's a beautiful, loving, caring community that looks out for one another, prays for one another, spurs one another on. Any woman is welcome. I love watching the way that our our young mums gather together and and cheer each other on. They do life together in a, a season that's really challenging. I love that our life groups are a place of connection where people are cared for. And they're loved and they find a place where they belong. Life groups are a gift. You know, I saw the way that those who were in life groups during uh, the COVID season actually fared so much better because they stayed connected and continued to grow and to love each other in a really challenging season. Our online community is starting up a life group. How they meet together is going to look really different but it's an important way for our online community to be able to love, for, love on each other, care for one another, and continue to grow in their relationship with God. If you're not part of a life group that meets together, I really want to encourage you right now. You can go to our website, as Brad said earlier, gatewaybaptist.com.au, click the connect button, fill out your details, and let us know that you want to be a part of a life group. You won't regret it, but find your place to be connected and contribute to a Christ-like community. There's your challenge. And lastly, a healthy church community shares with those in need. You know, all the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. What an awesome opportunity we have, this Gateway Beyond season, one of my favourite seasons as well, uh, Brad, in the church, as we celebrate what God is doing in our community, our nation and our world as we give and share what we have with those in need. Through our local care ministries, we've been able to bless so many people in our community in their time of need, as Lauren shared with us on the video before. It's been such a joy and a privilege watching our church in this COVID season go above and beyond to bless people. 
reaching out to the hurting and to the lonely, loving and providing for them in so many practical ways. And it's not just locally, it's globally as well. I've had the incredible privilege of visiting many of our gateway beyond workers around the world and watching firsthand the way that our generous giving is still doing today what happened here in the Acts 2 church 2,000 years ago. The Lord is adding to his number daily. The poor are being cared for and empowered and the sick are being healed in Jesus' name. As the Holy Spirit works in the church, the spark of the Acts 2 community hasn't gone out. It's why I love this gateway beyond season as we get to hear more stories of transformation. I want to encourage us to be a part of this ongoing mission of the local church, of giving generously of what we have to share the good news of Jesus with others. And we'll have the opportunity in a few weeks' time to do just that in a very practical and tangible way on Commitment Sunday as we commit together as a church to give to support Gateway Beyond. God is working. He is working in the heart of our church. And it's going to take all of us to continue to create an a community that reflects the heart and the mind of Jesus. I want to encourage you as we finish up with just one story, one powerful testimony of life transformed from right here in our Gateway family, right here in our church. Be encouraged by this. I came into Gateway for the first time feeling tired and unsure with a sense that something was missing from my life. My husband and I, with our young kids, came for, for years and just sat in the pews, listened, observed, and slowly discovered that a community of real, slowly discovered a community of real people that we could belong to, even before we knew Jesus. How good is that? Through the love and care of other people, we found a place where we were welcomed, a place where our kids were loved and cared for, and a place where we could learn more about Jesus in our own time. These people encouraged us, affirmed our giftings, and became our friends. These days, not only have we given our lives to Jesus through baptism, like we saw this morning, but we're here every week and have experienced the joy of serving in many different ways. And we now watch on humbly as our kids lead others to know the love of Jesus. We grow deeper in love with God every year and we have a church family who continue to love us, support us and pray for us. A community we know we can rely on and lean on if we need it. We've sat back in awe as God has worked in us and through us to bring our extended family to Gateway and to know Jesus for themselves for the very first time. The transformation as we look back on the journey is breathtaking. All glory to God for how he pursued us and gently wooed us into his loving arms. What a powerful testimony of what is happening here in our church community. 
as we love on and as we care for those that are sitting right next to us. As we show them the love of Jesus and welcome them in. I don't know about you. I want to hear more stories just like that. More stories of people welcomed into our community and lives transformed by Jesus. I want it to be the experience of everyone who comes through those doors or finds us online. I never want to hear a story like Gandhi's in our church where people feel unloved and unvalued. I want to become more like the early church where the Lord added to their number daily those that were being saved. Can I hear an amen? If we're going to see this happen, it's going to take every single one of us to play our part. Every single one of us, as Paul says, in humility, valuing others above yourself, not looking to your own interests, but each of us to the interests of others. We become different from the world and the secular narrative when we aim to outdo each other in loving and serving others. How's God calling you to play your part? What's, what is it that you're going to do to be a blessing to the community and to welcome others in? Let's be a community that grows together cares for one another and shares generously what we have to bless those in need. Why don't you stand with me this morning? You know, I said, all we've got to do is do stuff, right? And sometimes it's the simple things. So I just want to encourage you this morning, this morning you're going to minister to each other. You're going to encourage and bless one another. And if you're online, you're going to do this too. I want you to turn to your right. Just in your mind, you don't have to say anything out loud or touch anybody. I want you to pray for 30 seconds. A prayer of blessing and encouragement for the person that you see standing in front of you. And if you're online, find somebody in the chat that you can pray for. 30 seconds. Blessing and encouragement for the week ahead. Okay, now turn to your left. Just in your mind, you don't have to action anything out loud if you're not comfortable. But pray that this week, God would fill that person with courage to just start doing stuff. Pray for courage for this week.
God, thank you that you've called us to be a community that reflects the very heart of God. Your very heart. Your heart of love and care and compassion and generosity overflowing. Holy Spirit, I pray that you would come and refill us, refuel us, fan into flame the spark that is there in us that we would be like the Acts 2 church, that we would be welcoming in. We would be a community that others are attracted to, those who are lonely, who are hurting, who are lost and broken. God, would we be the answer? Would we be the answer? Would we not be a community like, like Gandhi saw? Would that never be our story? But God, would we be a community like, that like this testimony or where people are, who come into this place feel loved and connected and can grow in their understanding of who you are. God, teach us more and more what it means to be that community. And we can't do it without you. God, would you continue to fill us with your Holy Spirit, empower us, fill us with courage to simply do stuff, to simply act on the things that you put on our heart, to encourage each other, to help each other grow, to point each other to your Word, to your truth. Come Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit, breathe on us. Fill us, fill us, Holy Spirit, we pray. Carl, let's sing together this song as we, we finish this time together, that, that the Holy Spirit would fill us, that we're empowered to reflect this church community. And then we're gonna have the joy of witnessing more baptisms. We've gathered here to worship and together here to sing. We are calling expectation. God, how we need you. Let your glory move with power as we lift our voice in praise. Come and set our hearts on fire. Oh God, how we need you. Spirit of the living God, fall on us now. Fill us with your holiness, mercy, and power. Send us out in the love of our God. Send us out. Overwhelm our hearts of passion. Give us eyes to see your grace. Come and change us on the inside. Oh God, how we need you. Lord, we long to see revival, the hearts to turn to you. Send us our love for justice. 
blessed by this message. If we can pray for you or you would like to take a further step in your relationship with Jesus, we would love to connect with you. Please head to gatewaybaptist.com.au and click on Get Connected to let us know.